the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of the Michelle Tofoya podcast. We have a really, really special guest today. He's had an influence on me for decades. He influenced, he's influenced a lot of people around the world and continues to do so in his growing network. He is Dennis Prager. He joins us next. Now it's the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Again, welcome to the podcast brought to you by Genucel. We thank them for their sponsorship. Dennis Prager started in California, Southern California as a radio guy. And I remember that my dad used to listen to him quite a bit. My dad would recommend him. And as I got older, I started listening to Dennis Prager and this guy knew so much. And I started reading Dennis Prager and there was so much information and wisdom that was so helpful and grounding to me. And one day I called into his radio show, but I was already on television at this point. So I didn't want to use my real name. So I used a different name. And the one thing I said to him was, there is so much evil in the world that sometimes I don't feel like I'm allowed to be happy. And he said, oh, I like you. You're just like me. I have two words for you. He said, do good. Because for every little act of doing good, you overcome some portion, some measure of evil. And that is why I sign off my podcast every way with Be Brave and Do Good. It's because of Dennis Prager. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about current events, stuff going on in the world today. Freedom of speech is a big one. Are you prepared to lose that? Are you prepared to lose that? You got to listen to this episode. He is phenomenal. In the meantime, ladies, look in the mirror. Do you see those dark spots? They will not go away by themselves. Introducing the dark spot corrector from Genucel right in time for summer and into the fall. The dark spot corrector with not one, but three cutting edge ingredients. It goes to work super fast. I've been amazed by this. It targets sunspots, dark spots, liver spots, even old discoloration on your face, on your hands. You're going to be amazed at how quickly it works. Um, you can now enjoy your summer sun, the beach, anywhere you go without embarrassing spots. And with Genucel, you'll see the results or your money is back. It's no risk. That's no questions asked. Your money back. So go to Genucel.com right now. Get your dark spot corrector with the new Genucel most popular package. Now featuring summer essentials like the best-selling ultra retinol moisturizer, which I love. I use it every day with a powerful retinol alternative. So it's safe to use in the summer sun. Visit Genucel.com slash Michelle right now for these amazing summer essentials and save over 70% off Genucel's most popular package. Don't wait. Order Genucel's most popular package right now. Free shipping, free returns, and the best luxury skincare you've ever used, all at 70% off. Genucel, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Michelle. Genucel dot com slash Michelle with one L. All orders include a mystery luxury gift while supplies last. So go do it now. Genucel dot com slash M-I-C-H-E-L-E. 
Dennis Prager, a hearty welcome. I have this reverence for you, so I want to call you Mr. Prager, but I have a feeling you're going to say, call you Dennis. Well, that, believe it or not, could take a good five minutes. <laughs> I have not because I have a lot of thoughts on that, and I'll be very brief. First of all, I always tell people either Dennis or Mr. Prager is equally acceptable. I never say, however, don't call me Mr. Prager. And not because I care for me, but because the uh, the death of Mr., Miss, Ms., Mrs. has not been a good one for society. Yeah. Uh, and especially for kids, you you know, you look like a kid, but you're not a kid. And I'm a kid. I'm not a kid, actually. I'm not a kid, right. but, no, no, but I agree. It was, yeah. So uh, I do. I did have thoughts on that. And but my answer to you is truly whatever you're you're comfortable with. There are people who are not comfortable calling me Dennis. Yeah. And and I I, I never go. Oh, please stop it. Call me Dennis. I, <laughs> your call. Okay. Well, you, you give us a good jumping off point, actually, because this this kind of this erosion of civility, this erosion of tradition. Uh, some people call it death by inches, death by a thousand cuts, but that is a very good example of one. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the kids that I know, you know, call me by Mrs. My Legal Last Name, and I ask my kids to do the same, but there are certainly parents out there who will say, ah, call me Mike, call me Jane, whatever, you know. Why do you think it's important to have that Mr. or Miss or Ms.? I am of the opinion, and I've written and written and spoken about this a lot, that without hierarchies, uh, society collapses, and uh, we have the uh, we have substitute religions for the Judeo-Christian religions: Catholicism, Protestantism, Judaism, Mormonism. We, we uh, uh, they they are dying, and in in their stead, we have many others. One of them is is equality, and not the equality of we're all created in God's image that that we that comes from the Judeo Christian value system. It's the equality of we're all the same. So if you say to someone, "Mister," then that is already uh, a, a non equal because you're don't you're not calling a ten year old Mister. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you are calling a 30-year-old mister, and certainly a 70-year-old. So uh, this is uh, part of the egalitarian religion, which is uh, destroying society. We, uh, we need hierarchies. God is above man. Parents are above children. And uh, that, is, that is the way Judeo-Christian society has existed. There is a war against such a society, and that's what that is the reason. This war against society, we see it every day on so many levels, and it it is hurting so many things. Who's waging it? Who wants this egalitarian? Who is so threatened by hierarchy and religion, for example? A people who cannot meet its standards people who do not want there to be a hierarchy. They, uh, they, they want to be the hierarchy. Uh, this started with the French Revolution. In, in modern civilization, it started in 1789 with the French Revolution. And of course, it ended up almost immediately with the guillotine. 
the uh, there were no hierarchies. Uh, not God. There was it was a ma- massive anti-religious aspect of the French Revolution. Thousands of Catholic priests were slaughtered, and which that was the religion of France at the time, Catholicism. And they, they, the, there are many people who don't want anything to be considered better than them, above them. Uh, basically, the losers of society, uh, and, and uh, these losers may have PhDs. Uh, loser doesn't mean uh, not uh, making a, a prestigious living. Loser means you're a loser. You you uh, you want to destroy like, like in the arts. The rebellion against great art was made by mediocre artists. Michelangelo's no better than me, but of course <laughs> Michelangelo is better than you. So how do I make Mac? How do I make it possible for Michelangelo not to be better than me by abolishing all standards of beauty, of artistic excellence? And if I abolish that and I and I, I do uh, what was done, uh, stand on a ladder and throw paint on a canvas, that is just as good as Michelangelo. Uh, why are we allowing? Why are so many allowing? this to go on because i mean there there is some pushback certainly but not enough because this is this has had a snowball effect throughout time as you mentioned because most people are not fighters most uh, cowardice is the most uh, common uh, human trait really oh yeah well name me one that's more common well i that's a good good question. I'd have to think, but I don't doubt you. It's um, it seems to be in full force these days. Well, look, we just saw it. Uh, you don't you don't need to go to the arts or the French Revolution. We just saw it. Uh, we see it all the time, but we saw it with regard to lockdowns. Uh, people uh, ruined their lives, ruined their children's lives because they're sheep. You're going to tell me I can't send my child to school, even though there is oh, virtually zero threat to my child with COVID. I am going to deprive my child of school for two years. Uh, and most parents said, OK, I'll do that. I'm not going to fight. You're, you're going to you're going to have my two year old masked in an airplane. Even though everybody knows how idiotic that idea is. Yeah. You. Uh, why don't girls on girls teams fight? When that, a, that is a when, great question. When it when a biological man yes, comes to compete with yes, them, yeah, right. They're I, willing to lose rather than fight. That is how little humans have bravery in them. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 
800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. But we have at times, and maybe I'm wrong, I'm going to defer to you on this. We have shown bravery. Certainly the Revolutionary War here in the United States that created the United States was was a, a show of, of bravery. And I, I would venture to say that there was some divinity in there as well. But are, are we then saying that we're doomed? Because if there are more cowards on earth than fighters, um, how do we stand up to stuff? Are we doomed is a very fair question. The United States of America is an idea, what I call the American Trinity. It's on every coin. E pluribus unum, from anyone, liberty, and in God we trust. There is a war against all three. Mm-hmm. Are we doomed? We might be. I, I only know that I have to fight. I, uh, I will be spitting on the graves of the, of the guys buried on Normandy Beach if I don't fight. If they could fight the Nazis and risk dismemberment by machine gun, I can fight the left and risk being called names on the Internet. Yeah, it's it's relatively easy to be courageous these days, because if, if the worst to that, thing- yes, uh, forgive uh, me for uh, yes. that's no, exactly that is my point. Yeah. Yes, you're, you're, the worst price you could pay, and it's a serious one, mm. is being fired from your job. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is not the same as being uh, dismembered on Normandy Beach. But some people will say that it is worse to have your rep- reputation ruined than to die, or that it's maybe then it's equal. Like if someone absolutely torches your reputation for in front of everyone, you know, the old line, where do I go to get my reputation back? That that can be as damaging for some as as you're, death. You're right. But you, your reputation among the bad will be ruined, not among the good. There's that. that that's the key, right? Uh, uh, the Wall Street Journal just had a, a big uh, op ed piece about how, how I was called by 37 professors at Arizona State University, a white nationalist and hater. That's all the left does is smear reputations. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Wall Street Journal didn't agree. (laughs) For, for, For everyone who believes in my smeared reputation, and and I'm, I'm one you should ask about this, which you did, because the, the the aim to smear people like me and other prominent conservatives, that's their only weapon. Yeah. None of the 37 professors would debate me. I, I just gave a speech on that. I uh, uh, To the Arizona State Legislature, it's it's on YouTube. Any Anyone can watch it. Dennis Prager, Arizona uh, State uh, Legislature speech. You can see it or just go to my website, DennisPrager.com and click on it. See I invited in the state capital, Phoenix, last week, 
I invited all or any of the 37 to debate me. They will never, they never debate on the left. They only smear reputations. Well, when you say they never debate on the left, I mean, I've seen it time and time again, where Democrats here in Minnesota, where I live, will not go to their to their debates to to debate the Republican who's running against them. We've seen it now. We're hearing it with Joe Biden. Uh, I, I, I this you're right. It is cowardly. It is. Wow. I, I might have something to lose if I debate or. I don't have a good argument. I can't. I can't hold my own up there anyway. So why do it? Um, it? It seems to me so obvious, and I'm wondering how there can be so many people who are duped by this. Enlighten me, please. How is this possible? It's very depressing to think that Americans vote to have their cities destroyed. It's. I, I understand it, but it's still depressing. You understand it? How so? Well, be, the 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 power of emotions over reason. The the left has so effectively conveyed to people that the enemy is the right. That no matter what the left does, they will still vote left. Your, your city is seeing more murders than ever, and you will vote for the defund the police candidate rather than a Republican. There, there, for many Americans, purely because of the effective propaganda, there is nothing the left can do. They can, they can chop girls' breasts off. They can ruin your city. They can bankrupt your your small businesses, and you will still vote for them. That is how effective all of my lifetime it has been. The danger is on the right. You can convince people of the opposite of the truth easily. I, so I guess the, the next question that immediately comes to mind is why doesn't the right fight fire with fire? Why is the right so ineffective at combating this? If it's so easy to do, is it because the right doesn't want to stoop to that? What, what is it? Well, when I became a Republican uh, in my, I guess in my 30s, yeah, my 30s, when I became a Republican, I said, I have gone from the Bad party to the stupid party. <laughs> I I no longer say that, to be honest. And I said another thing all of my lifetime. There was a civil war and only one side is fighting. That's to your question. Okay. That is no longer true. We are fighting. And the fact that I was brought to the Arizona Senate by the Republicans in the legislature there is a, is a perfect example. The problem is they own everything. Yeah. They own the American Medical Association. They own the medical schools. They own the elementary schools, high schools, and colleges. They own the media. So that's why it seems only they're fighting. But 
I mean, look at Florida. Mm-hmm. You and I live in captured states. I live yes. in California. You live in Minnesota. This podcast is a fight. No, there, there's, a, there's a lot of fighting taking place. PragerU has a billion views a year. Most of them are under uh, 35 years of age. Daily Wire is enormous. TPUSA is enormous. We are fighting, but you, a lot of people don't know it because they rely on the Star Tribune for their news. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we don't get that anymore at this house. We've stopped getting that uh, delivered. Um, yeah, it is amazing. This, this, I, I do see glimpses of this fight you talk about that that give me hope. These glimpses give me hope, and it is why I left my job covering the NFL, covering one of the most fun things I've ever covered for thirty years. I covered sports, but I couldn't anymore because I needed. For, they'll put it in your terminology, I needed to join the fight. I, I have kids now, and I think I, I can't I can't not fight. There are some uh, in my family who will say, you know what, as long as we raise our children right and we do the right things, this is where I'm going to stay, and I'm just going to fight my battle here at home. That still is a fight, given what kids are seeing in school and in the media, as you've addressed. Is it... I don't even know if this is a fair question, but I'd love to get your take on, do you see the fight growing to the point where we might be victorious over this? Yeah. it. it, it I debate every day before my talk show. Are you, let's put it this way. I used to debate. I've pretty much resolved. Do I try to make my, listeners feel good or do I tell them the truth? I've always opted for the truth. And and that's not a little thing what I'm saying to you because I know that I lose listeners by, uh, so to speak, depressing them. And the news is depressing. Mm -hmm. I mean, what am I going to tell you? The latest news is that Pew uh, Research has just reported a majority of Americans believe that the government has the right to suppress misinformation. For the first time in American history, a majority of Americans do not believe in free speech. I mean, if that's not depressing, then there's no such thing as depressing. So do I report that or do I not report that? So to me, there's no debate. I will report it. And if I lose listeners, I lose listeners. I obviously have not lost that many, right? They wouldn't rehire me. But but I I debate that issue. There are people who, after uh, 2020, tuned out of politics. By the way, most of my talk is not about politics, about culture and about a lot of personal matters including happiness, men and women. But the fact is, excuse me, the fact is that uh, I I don't know, I don't know who will win. I only know what I have to do. And that is all I ever ask. Whatever number of years God or, or genes give me, 
uh, I owe it to the guys on Normandy Beach. I also believe I owe it to God, but even if you're an atheist, you owe it to somebody to fight the left. It's uh, it's interesting to me. You bring up free speech. I had a, a conversation with someone over the weekend about this, about how some... Okay, so I went to Cal Berkeley, and I sent my diploma back after they started canceling some of their conservative speakers, and after these riots on campus did millions of dollars worth of damage, and the campus police were told to stand down. I'm sure you remember all of that, that big kerfuffle. (laughs) Berkeley's known for them, but I sent my diploma back, and I said, I cannot support this university if you are going to disinvite conservative speakers or only have certain yes they did and they said oh that must have been a very tough choice for you and and i said not really i mean not what am i going to do so i don't have the that was the response it basically they didn't they didn't you know i'm trying to recall they emailed me they didn't you know i sent them everything in hard copy and they they emailed me and um yeah it wasn't much of a response and uh so so having said that i was discussing this with this person in my life. And she said, well, at, you know, if 95% of the students at Berkeley didn't want that speaker and only 5% did, I mean, shouldn't, you know, shouldn't the 95% have the, the majority rule over the 5%? And I thought, well, where are you drawing the line over what's, you know, acceptable speech, what's unacceptable? Well, wait, I don't mob- understand. And the, the answer, aside from everything else, is the 95% doesn't show up. That's what I told her. Don't go. Don't go. And then came the argument that everyone always comes back to me with. Well, do we want the head of the KKK speaking on a campus? And for yeah. my money, yeah. yeah. That's right. We do. Let them I'm go out and make, and make I, them look stupid. I'm a committed Jew, and I've written the, the most widely used English introduction to Judaism, among other things. And uh, let me tell you, uh, the Nazis, real Nazis, not what the left call Nazis, which right. is anyone they, they disagree with, mm-hmm. real Nazis with a real swastika showed up in front of a Georgia synagogue a few weeks ago. And the report was that the police did not stop them because of free speech issues. And I happen to agree with that. Mm-hmm. I go to synagogue every Saturday. And if they did that at mine, I would have the same view. You you are it, 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 obviously there has to be a certain distance by law. Right. You stand you stand there. You you preach your uh, vile doctrine, and you show the symbol. You see, by the way, I always try to remind Americans that although the swastika is completely understandably associated with Jew hatred, the the Americans who died at Normandy Beach were fighting the same swastika. So anybody who's, who marches with the swastika is scum on many levels, yeah. uh, including a hatred of America. That's a fascinating view. But I think we agree on this. Yes, let them spew their hate, their, their vitriol. But that's the way free speech works. If you yes. stop the Nazis today, you'll stop good guys tomorrow. That's exactly right, because everyone can have a grievance with whatever group they want. That's you know, right. I'm aggrieved because, 
you're you don't represent brunettes. You only represent blondes. And I am offended. You know, at, it, like at how at what point do you say so you can, it is too slippery a slope to try to draw a line. So people say, well, we got to draw the line somewhere. Well, no, we never really did. <laughs> we, that, that's why this was the the land of the free and the home of the brave. Right. Right. It is depressing to live in this day and age. There is so much going on that is awful and confusing and not in our best interests, like people voting in defund the police, you know, uh, mayors in places like Chicago. You're thinking to yourself, wait, you threw out Lori Lightfoot and then you, what did you do? So right. uh, <clears throat> of all the ills, facing us today gosh i feel like you know my granddad um what is there one in particular that is hurting you the most that is bothering disturbing you the most i i would say free speech yeah yeah that's the end of civilization as we know it the when you suppress free speech you end up with gulag and auschwitz and 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 Mao's re-education camps. That you, I don't care what the left does, as long as they allow free speech. But the left knows free speech will defeat them. And and as I pointed out, almost every day for years, there was no example in history of the left allowing dissent. From the French Revolution to the Russian Revolution to Columbia University. The left has never allowed dissent. Liberals allow dissent. Conservatives allow dissent. The left has never. Because they know, as I said in my testimony to the Arizona State Legislature, and I really hope your viewers, listeners, watch my talk. It's only 20 minutes. Just go... Just go to my website and click on it or PragerU or Google Dennis Prager, Arizona State Legislature. There is the, the reason they don't want me or I can name a dozen others and I named other conservatives to come on campus is they know we can undo four years of their left wing indoctrination in 90 minutes. They don't admit it, but they know it. We don't care if they show up where we are. I invite them on my radio show and they never come on. But they know if Dennis Prager or Ben Shapiro or Jordan Peterson or Heather McDonald, or I I, I could give you, or, or Charlie Kirk, or I can give you a huge list it's a very huge list. If they allow any of us 90 minutes, we will undo the damage they have done in four years. That's why they must. That's why the left always suppresses dissent because it, 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 it cannot survive it. It's kryptonite. And it's so obvious. I mean, there's a simple question to ask. What are they afraid of? What are they afraid of? And you just articulated the answer. That is what they are afraid of. They are afraid of, they can't, they can't answer 
with civil, logical, structured debate. They cannot. And so, yes, the only way that they can continue to survive or thrive is by just shutting it down. And that there's anyone in America who doesn't see that so clearly is astonishing to me. And I guess that gets back to your point about sheep. Um, I, 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 it, it kills me that the right conservatives, even just liberals in general, cannot find a way to make this point very clearly. I, I, you know, I, I guess I, I battle with it every single day. But when you try to make this point, you know, you're called names and all the rest. And, and that's not going to stop me from trying. But it seems just so dang obvious. Like, I don't understand why people don't see that and go, holy crap, that, that's not what we want. How, how do you explain this? Well, we both explained it. The moment you start thinking rationally, you have left the left. You could be a liberal. You could be conservative. It is not rational that if so, a man says he's a woman, he can compete against women. <laughs> okay. Forget moral, forget fair, forget science-based. It's not rational. Mm-hmm. The The world, uh, uh, indeed, of craziness is the world of the left. This, and by the way, th- if there is hope, it may be because of this issue. Most Americans, or many Americans, I don't know about most, many are awakening to the pathology of the left, thanks to the trans issue. Most Americans do not think that if a girl at 18 says, I'm a boy, her breast should be taken off. Or if a boy says it, his his penis should be cut off. These doctors are despicable. They are as evil as they get. They are, to me, not all that different. They are somewhat different from Nazi doctors. These people are vile. And if you can't say that, it's because you're weak. You are going to take off a boy's penis because he says he's a girl? You're going to take off a girl's healthy breasts because she says she's a boy? You know what's going to happen? This, I I never make predictions. This is a prediction because I'm certain it will happen. More and more of these young people by by the within five ten years, deeply regret yeah. the mutilation of their bodies, and they are going to sue these doctors. And I hope they sue them into bankruptcy. I hope these people walk the streets as homeless people. These are vicious, vile doctors. And if you don't think a doctor could be despicable, read about the Nazi doctors. That it really is stunning. And you're not the first to mention this comparison to me, to the Nazi doctors, and that doctors can be despicable. It is stunning to me um, that we can produce in the United States of America doctors who are willing to do this, who are willing to say to a parent, well, you know, do you want a living daughter or a dead son? That's right. That's their line. That's their line. And, of course, parents are like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I... what would you tell a parent? Because this, this is one thing. I, 
I feel as though a parent shouldn't fall for that. That's right. And, but they do. So what would you tell a parent who was sitting there in that doctor's office, hearing that message, who was going to, to, to cave? What would you say the to day them? My, the day my child said he was a girl or she was a boy, I would say, no, you're not. There, there are other issues in your life that you have to address. You can't be the other. God, if they believe in God, or, or science, if they believe in science. Nature made you a girl. You cannot undo that fact. That is a fact. You can no more be a boy than you could be a dog. You could feel you're a dog, but it doesn't make you a dog. And I would be adamant about that. That is my role as a parent. It is not to lie to my child so that they love me. If parents were parents and not love objects, they would do a lot better job. Most parents, their job in their view is to be loved by their child all the time. But as I have said all of my life, uh, you, um, if you aim to be loved, you will be a lousy parent. Yeah. No, there's no question about that. That is not your job. The job description is right. to raise a productive human yes. being. You should aim to be loved by your spouse. <laughs> or That's by your dog. Um, you know, that. Well, that, you don't that. have to aim. <laughs> That's true. That's built into your dog. There's That's nothing just there. who they are. That's true. That's right. true. I think this is so, you know, recently I I spoke to a woman and she preferred to stay anonymous, but she has a daughter who is going through this and she sees right through it. She said there were mental problems before she decided, yes, she was trans. Uh, There are studies out there about what mental issues may underlie this, but this, this sudden surge that seems to have come along at the same time as the COVID lockdowns, right? Uh, Do you see it that way that maybe kids were just so overexposed to things they hadn't been before that they, yeah. and, and there yeah. were high levels of depression too, right? That's correct. Well, I am proud to say that in April 2020, people could look it up. I tweeted and I wrote a column and I did one of my fireside chats, which I do every week for PragerU, and said that the lockdowns were the greatest world mistake in history. Mm. And I was right. And that was called misinformation. <laughs> That was called misinformation. Did the, did the tweet stay up? Oh, that's a great question. Huh. I think so, interestingly. We're going to have to go look. Well, you yes, weren't, sus- you weren't well, suspended, I were you? Did, but yeah, that's great. But it's used as an, it was used as an example of misinformation. Then it's I mean, first of all, it's your opinion. So how can exactly. how can yeah. an opinion be misinformation? Right. Well, this- they would claim the the right information is uh, is that lockdowns save lives. Yeah. So this is therefore he, opinion or not, it's misinformation. That's what they would have said. I, it, we're we're in an interesting time, and before. I have to give you up. I, I, I could talk to you for hours, but that's why I go to PragerU and I listen to fireside chats and I do all of that because it's very grounding right. for me. And I would recommend that to to everybody. But religion, um, it, I think the loss, the, the 
erosion of religion in society is, has played a huge role in where we are today. But I, I see this, I know for myself, and you know, I'm in my 50s, I was raised Catholic. I ended up becoming Episcopal. My kids are Lutheran baptized. My husband's baptized Lutheran. We don't go to church every Sunday. However, I am seeing in my own life, I am witnessing so many people that I know, whether they were NFL quarterbacks or coaches or people in television, if they are, if they have a deep faith, faith in God, almost all of them seem to be happy people to me, happier than others that I've met. And this started to dawn on me. I mean, I was meeting so many people, you know, you, you do sports for 30 years. You meet a lot of different people. And so many of these happy, productive people, I found this common denominator that they had religion, they had faith in their lives. And now we're seeing this, this angel network, this production company that has put out The Chosen as a streaming thing. And then Netflix picked it up because I think it's had like half a billion views and then the film that they recently produced, uh, Sound of Freedom, which is, you know, killing it at the box office. What does any of that tell you about maybe a, a newfound thirst for something that is bigger than oneself? So I just did a series of talks for, uh, you know, I'm getting the word here. Yeah. So uh, I'm, we'll do we'll do a part two. Uh, I'll just say this: the for those who mock religion, one little note: only secular people say men give birth. Not all secular people say it, but only secular people say it. The amount of idiocy that has followed the death of religion in the West is equal to the amount of idiocy in the West. Well, there you go. I, I, you know, I, I, there's a lot to pray for Dennis and I'm not a, you know, I always, I throw in that caveat. You know, I'm not sure why, but an activist There's a lot <laughs> to fight for. There's a lot to fight for. That's a great way to put it. And we will leave it there. Dennis Prager. I'll, I'll hold you to that part too. It's been great to catch up with you and, Thank talk you. to you and we'll do it again. You're a joy. Thank you. Thank you. And in the meantime, everyone, as Dennis Prager once told me years ago, do good. And I always like to add, be brave too. We need bravery right now more than ever. Thanks for listening. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 